The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who has a perfect memory, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I have a terrible memory now, but I used to have a good memory. I've never had a good memory. I do wish at some point in my life I had had a good memory. Just Hmm. never something I had. And, you know, I remember very distinctly when I was a younger person, people telling me that if something really mattered to me, that I would remember it. (laughs) And here's what I can tell you. If anyone ever tells you that, they are lying. Because there are plenty of things that are extremely important to me that I cannot remember, when it, like, especially when it comes to dates, that yeah. I just can't remember. I just can't. That's so, not also, that's not nice for someone to say, because then it makes you feel bad if you don't remember something, because you're like, oh, I must not care about this. Right. <laughs> well, and I mean, in fairness, it's often in reference to, you know, birthdays or sure. important holidays uh, or important uh dates marking timelines with past significant others you know things like that uh right. i just never i cannot remember stuff i'm so bad at it I, and i think part of the reason people get upset with me about it is that i remember pointless things really easily like i remember song lyrics from songs from the 90s without much issue at all sure Same. but you know, other things that are far more important and pressing, I, I have a much more challenging time remembering. But, you know, for those song lyrics, I also heard the song how many hundreds of times. So then it was, you know, imprinted on my mind. So Right, right, right. But uh, with that, Josh, how's the weekend been? How's, how have things been going? Good, good. Uh, yesterday was a, a lazy day. I didn't really do anything, which was nice. Yeah. Uh Today, it's been hot, so we've had the AC on in the house. We added an extra AC to keep the house extra cool. <laughs> nice. Uh, and yeah, today we went to the baseball uh, to a baseball game. It was uh, Marvel-themed, sponsored. Oh. So the team wore Black Panther jerseys. Okay. Which was cool. And they had some, they had a bunch of superheroes around the park and they had some, some Black Panther exclusive merch for, uh, sale. So I didn't get a Jersey that they weren't real jerseys. They were like, um, faux jerseys. They were like a hundred, uh, they're a hundred dollars for like a fake Jersey. So I just got a regular t-shirt, Black Panther t-shirt with the baseball team logos and stuff, uh, on the sleeve. So. So, still fun. Nice game. Nice day. It was hot, but it was still was, you know, it was nice to be out enjoying the watching the game a little bit. Were they able to run faster or jump higher as a result of wearing No, they lost. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. The other team represent. didn't even have superhero jerseys, so it definitely did not help. 
they were just regular uh, regular people on the other regular team. Regular people still on the other team. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, uh, I, you know, every once in a while I have those days that make me realize how much of an adult I am and in not like a positive way, right? Like, and not that it's bad necessarily either, but on Saturday I started my day off by loading a whole bunch of stuff in my vehicle hmm. and bringing it to the sanitary landfill, a.k.a. the dump. Uh, so that was exciting. And then I got home and then I loaded up some more things and brought it to the recycling center in town. And then I came home and loaded up some more things and brought it to the yard waste. <laughs> like, oh just like, you know, just doing these really adventurous things that you get to do when you're an adult. And sure. as a child, you romanticize like, oh, I have this freedom and ability to do anything that I want to. And it's like, yeah, you can, you know, go to the dump and then go to the recycling center and go to the yard waste. It's great. <laughs> so many fun things you can do and adventurous things you can do. It's, it's amazing. So. But so that is the bulk of what my weekend was. But it it has been, uh, as you mentioned, Josh, you know, here and everywhere, extremely, extremely warm. Yeah. And uh, so much so that all of the windows, well, not all, most of the windows on my house, especially in the morning, are very uh, fogged over because it's cool inside and hot and steamy outside. So everything is then very difficult to see out of in the morning. So that's how i know it's warm and they uh set up the soccer fields behind my house today uh they re-put out all the nets so apparently soccer is gonna be starting here this week again i'm guessing so it's gonna be a fun one for those kiddos because it was uh they set them up as a small field it's not the big field so it's gonna be younger kids so uh, i think they're gonna be having a great time um, <laughs> in this wonderful weather that we're supposed to have for another couple of weeks here so nice so, yeah. uh josh if you had to guess um i i know you're not a big uh, call of duty league like professional call of duty person correct so the call of duty league had their championships today um if you had to guess just purely based off name who would you pick as the winner the atlanta phase or the los angeles thieves phase i guess you're picking phase Ooh, unfortunately it was the los angeles thieves <laughs> who won the call of duty league for 2022 so you can put that little piece of trivia in your back pocket josh oh i will forget it. that before the show's <laughs> over <laughs> So it was, uh, I didn't watch it today. I watched some of the um, lead up, some of the uh, tournament earlier in the week, but I didn't watch any of it today. Um, but uh, the top eight for Evo for Street Fighter is going on right now. So, mm, you know, nice. that's really helpful to all of our listeners when they listen to this on Tuesday. But, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Josh, uh, all these video games, though, um, relate to what will eventually be a topic I'll talk about more in depth later, but did uh, create. Uh, what is our pregame topic? And that is, Josh, is it, what is actually probably worse than you remember? Something that you have fond memories of. But yeah. in retrospect, if you were to have now, experience now, whether it be a food, a movie, a game, a book, anything like that, what is what do you think is actually far worse than you remember it being? I think probably every cartoon I watched as a kid is Ooh. probably worse than I remember it. Okay. Um there i i would i would, i think that there are certainly some that will still hit the mark but i remember when i was working at best buy picking up some they were you know they started releasing on dvd like these old cartoons like like he-man but it was like the best of he-man it was like 15 episodes of he-man that are the greatest or uh thundercats season 1 or whatever and i would buy those and uh, Thundercats, I'll say, holds up, but man, did I, I watched, sorry, I'm getting, 
<laughs> you have a visitor. Stocked. Uh, I watched like He Man, and, and it's just brutal how like not well it holds up. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So I, I'm sure most like other shows like Mask and Silverhawks and all these other like uh, Glowworms or whatever the heck I was watching. <laughs> yeah. Smurfs probably doesn't hold up. Like a lot of that stuff, I would imagine, does not is probably not as good as I remember it. Um. So, Josh, you know, speaking of Mask, Mask was one, was a, a cartoon that I did enjoy as well. Yeah. Uh, do you remember who the villains were for Mask? No. <laughs> I'm trying. To, was it Venom? Was Venom the was Venom the bad guys? I I I have a very limited memory of Mask. I okay. <laughs> I know. I think, I think the they were premise. fighting Venom. Because <laughs> my next question was going to be that: Do you remember what Mask stood for? Because Mask is an acronym. Do you remember no, what Mask I'm sure stands for? Mobile something. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's mobile yeah. something. You gonna take any other stabs? Any other guesses? Assault. <laughs> armored. Mobile armored. armored. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't even guess what the S is. <laughs> so here's the fa- here's the 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 thing is that they kind of they cheat because it's more mobile armored strike command. Hey, wait a command second. Command does not start with a K. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I did. I watched Mask as well. I do remember that show. I really liked that show when I was a kid. But I, you're right. I'm guessing it probably does not hold up. I did. I had Mask toys as well. Yeah, I had the toys. Some some of the toys also. So, yeah, no, no, the old cartoons. That's a good pitch or a good pick. Um, when I thought about it, I went to like old. Uh, and I guess I, I'm contemplating rewatching Boy Meets World now that there's the podcast, the rewatch podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if Boy Meets World holds up because I loved it when I was a kid, but I haven't watched it in a long, long time. I still yeah. say that I loved it, but I honestly haven't really watched it all that much recently. Uh, so that's one thing I wonder about, but I just wonder about like kind of all those TGIF shows mm-hmm. that I liked and watched as a kid. I got to imagine those are all pretty bad now when you think about, you know, family matters and step by step and like, yeah. I can't imagine they're good. But anyway, so that's one thing that I think is probably much worse than I remember it. Uh, I also have this thing that, you know, in my house growing up, you know, okay, this is a Minnesota thing, but we all had our favorite hot dishes, right? Like we had our favorite or casseroles, depending on where you live in the country. Uh, but we all had our favorites. So each person in the house had our favorite hot dish. So for dinner on occasion, we would be like, oh, we're having Kyle's favorite hot dish tonight is what we're having for dinner. I don't really totally remember everything that was in my favorite hot dish anymore, but I kind of remember my older sister's favorite hot dish. But between both of them, I can't imagine either one of them probably was all that good anymore. <laughs> now that I look back at it, no, maybe, they, and it's not a knock on my mom. My mom's actually a really good cook. I just don't know that either of them were probably that good. And I had asked my mom the other, uh, not too long ago, if she remembered what was in my favorite hot dish, and she's like, "Nah, not really." Like, there was egg and there was ground beef, but I don't really remember. T- I think maybe rice. I don't really remember. It was very odd. It was a very odd combination of things. So I think that that is probably worse than I remember as well, uh, which is too bad because. Man, I really liked it when I was a kid, and I would hate to crush that memory. So I'll probably just never make it again or never even sure. try to find it to make it. Um, but this will all relate to <laughs> some stuff in what I've been playing. Okay. okay. <laughs> How did we get there? So that's where that came from. 
Um, so, listeners, what is probably worse than you remember? What's something you have a memory of that's pro- that is good, but if you went back to it, you're like, you know what? That probably wouldn't really hold up. We would love to hear about it. So share that with us on the socials, uh, and we'll talk about it because we think it's great. So with that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Place and Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, and PSXP. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, I'm going to give a small, brief plug. Uh, Gen Con's last day was today, the day we're recording on Sunday the 7th, um, and Dice Tower has been doing a, uh, a Gen Con vlog for their, their time at uh, Gen Con. So if you have any interest in seeing what you know the biggest board game convection in North America looks like, uh, I would encourage you to check it out. It's really interesting to see just all the stuff there, all the interesting and unique things that Gen Con brings, um, how big it really is too, mm. to see how many people are actually involved and participate. Uh, but even like the setting up of stuff is, is just really fascinating. Maybe not so much the Dice Towers booth, but they're next to a whole bunch of other people and just seeing how much stuff they have to bring. And like there's cranes to hang things from ceilings. And I mean, it just is a pretty ridiculous thing when you all think about it. Um, so check it out if you have any interest at all in what, you know, the biggest board game convention in North America looks like behind the scenes. But with that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Josh, what have you been playing recently, sir? Well, besides Paw Patrol on the Xbox, because my son wanted to play Paw Patrol, which he just ultimately hands me the controller at some point <laughs> and says, do this for me. Um, uh, yeah, I've been playing Paw Patrol. Um, uh, more uh, Horizon uh, Forza Horizon 5 uh, Hot Wheels. been playing that a bunch. Still having a lot of fun with that. Um, challenging enjoyable i like that they make you unlock instead of just giving you all of the missions you have to complete classes to get more uh missions so that's been fun um enjoying that uh sorry i got a yawn hey, a yawn coming i'm so tired kyle um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, Tony Hawk, uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, hit PlayStation Plus. So I downloaded that and introduced my son for a brief period of time to what a skateboarding video game looks like. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty fascinated. Uh, it, it, it uh, yeah, brought back a lot of memories. I, uh, I am not as good as I used to be, so I could practice. Uh, but I had a lot of fun playing it for, for an hour or two so far. Um, I haven't put a lot of time into it. Because now I feel like time limit, the time limit is is uh, not great. I'm like, where? why is there time limits in my games? <laughs> Just let me go around this map and collect stuff. But, I mean, yeah, that was like a large part of my college life was starting off with Tony Hawk. Pro Skater on the Dreamcast, and and uh, that was like 
the thing, right? Just keep right. doing the same warehouse until you yep. get everything uh, completed. So, uh, yeah, I'm having fun still playing that. Uh, otherwise, it has been a pretty slow week for video games. Uh, um, but I did play a board game, shockingly. Uh, I picked up Star Wars Villainous from Target. Uh, and we got to the table Saturday night. Uh, as much as I pushed, we did get it uh, to the table. So uh, we didn't get another game out. So I could tell that she really just wanted to play no games. <laughs> so I, I got at least one out. That's uh, important, yeah. You know, it's it's more villainous. Yeah. It uh, is pretty much the same if you've played villainous previously. Um. Uh, it does add something called ambition to the game. Uh, I keep saying, uh, and I'm trying to break that, but it's not happening. Ambition is just a, another thing instead of normal. Like if you're thinking like Disney villains, you have power and this, it's credits cost credits to put out, uh, allies. But in this game, ambition is used to, really show off the power of your villain and 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 pay for the cost of tasks or events or whatever and uh they also add vehicles i believe vehicles were in uh marvel oh could be i don't know villainous i feel like there was there might not be but this adds vehicles as well which serve as another location technically where they add abilities to that part. You can use them to fight heroes, etc. cetera. Um, but yeah, Star Wars Villainous. If, if you like the Villainous formula and you prefer Star Wars over Marvel or Disney, this is the one for you. If you like it just the same, this one's still good. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's enjoyable. The components are nice. Uh, it is really weird. They kind of messed up. Uh, I don't know if this is the first Ravensburger one or if they did the Marvel uh, Villainous expansions, but it's produced by Ravensburger now, and they did a weird, like, um, you know, the, the pawns, they tried a weird technique to, like, change, like, so they're not just a clear color. There's, like... oh like uh white bits inside and it just looks horrible. Uh, oh really? And some of them look worse than others. Some of them are fine. Like my Moff Gideon piece is fine. There's nothing in it, but it's like marbling almost. Oh, but, interesting. But some of it sticks out of the piece. So it's not a flush piece. It's like comes out as like a bump. So it almost looks like a defect. Okay. And I didn't even think about it, but I saw a post in one of the Facebook board game, Facebook groups, where people were complaining and then it was a whole bunch of people just being like, no, you didn't get a defect. They did this to all the pieces. Wow. And um, I don't know if I can, I can show you obviously the people listening can't see, and I don't know if it's going to come across good over the camera, but like, if you look at Kylo Ren, see how it has like red stuff on it. Yeah. It's just randomly placed all over the piece in no specific way. And like the general grievous one 
has stuff like sticking out the sides of it that are white when it's a clear coated so bizarre piece and they like bump out so it doesn't really feel it's just a weird decision they made hopefully they don't make it again but the previous ones like the target exclusive ones they would be like one variant piece like i think the loki one for the marvel set had like almost like a glitter to it but that actually looked fine it looked good and each of the disney ones had their exclusive target variants but these ones aren't target exclusive so it just seems to be a weird choice they made that's my really my only complaint about the game um, uh, maybe it, it maybe the balance is a little less off because i won very quickly oh really not even and my wife wasn't even close to completing her objective like not even close so i don't know if if the balance is a little off or i got lucky with my deck yeah, yeah, uh, I'm looking on Board Game Geek, and yeah, a lot of people are like, uh, "These look real bad." Yes, they're not great. <laughs> uh, someone, because someone was like, "Is this how they're supposed to look?" And the reply was, "Yes, they're normal." They wanted every figure to look different with a speckled stars in space kind of look. It's supposed to look kind of galactic. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> it looks yeah, like the picture there's a mistake not. at the printer. <laughs> okay, well, perfect mistake at the printer. Galactic. It's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Gotcha. Anything else you've been playing, Josh? Just Marvel Snap. You know, I I, I don't know that I have more to report on it uh, than I'm still enjoying it. Well, it's good that you're still enjoying it. That's awesome. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, for for me with playing, it's been a lot of the same. Um, I'm still playing Dismantle, which I know Josh hates, but I I really like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, still playing Stray and still playing Live Alive. So those are kind of like my typical games that i am playing um i have some more even than what i wrote down that i want to play talk about huh. here so i've been playing a lot of things but nothing for very long um a couple of them are actually apple arcade games that i wanted to talk about okay the first one being i have to go look for the name of it here sorry really quick um because it's so good i deleted it off my phone <laughs> so good <laughs> so good i deleted it um it was a baseball game because I do enjoy sports games typically, actually. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. It was called uh, Ballistic Baseball. Now, here's the thing about Ballistic Baseball. There are aspects of this game that I like. Most of it, though, I don't. And that comes down to the fact that uh, when in the game, you control the pitcher, which is fine when you're on defense. Uh, but anytime the they hit the ball, everything is just AI then. Yeah. yeah. The fielders go get it, throw it to whatever base they're going to throw it to. That's it. When you're hitting, you hit the ball, but then the computer decides how far you're going to run, like in all of that. <laughs> stuff. So you're like, I'm like, okay, this is really not, not exciting. And they've added stuff now in the recent update where you can like steal and things like that, which is fun. That's fine. But when you start the game, Games last a grand total of one inning. Really? So if you accidentally give up a run, which has not yet ha- never happened to me in the time that I was playing it, or but if you don't score, then it just ends in a tie after one inning. <laughs> and you get um, experience points that you can then invest into your team to raise their skills and abilities to then play another one-inning game where you get to potentially pick three balls if they all hit them and get out. And then you might hit, you know, bite bat you know three to five players 
And then as soon as you score a run, though, you win because you're, there's only one inning. So as soon as you score one run, because you're always right. out of the second team, uh, it's over. So it's just <laughs> uh, like I kind of get what they're going for with it. They're really just simple, straightforward. And actually, the ratings for it are really high. Like, I don't know. Maybe if I kept playing it and I got the ability to play longer games or something like that, like once I got to higher levels, it'd be more fun. But oof, that game was uh, pretty not fun to me, at least. I was really disappointed by it. So I promptly deleted that. But then I said, you know what? There's got to be another sports game on here that's going to be a good sports game. Um, What else could I possibly play? Well... You know, if you know me, you know, I know nothing about the NBA anymore. I used to follow basketball like in the 90s, but I haven't followed basketball yeah. forever. But hey, NBA 2K22 Arcade Edition is on Apple Arcade. So okay. I said, why not? Let's play NBA 2K22. Josh, this is basically like playing NBA 2K. Like it is a full-fledged basketball simulation that um, I was using my backbone, which I'll talk about more later, to do it. But like it is all of the teams, the entire rosters, you have substitutions, you have multiple game modes, including like your like career or like a season, like, and it, you are running like, I mean, the AI, <laughs> the AI was kicking my butt. I had to turn it down. Cause I'm like, I don't really know how basketball works these days. Yeah. Like I didn't generally know how it works, but I'm like, I don't really know. Like, and then you like, I mean, it's like pass or bounce pass or lob pass or like lead pass. I mean, it's like everything that you'd have, what I imagine is in the actual, like, console games is in this arcade version for if you have apple arcade for free yeah and i was pretty darn impressed now i got my butt kicked by the ai in the first game it wasn't it was really bad because i didn't even really know what team to pick because i'm like i don't really root for an nba team um and their players were much better than my players were because i'd pick the timberwolves because you know that's where i'm a minnesota kid uh they were bad uh and the phoenix (laughs) Suns were good and they beat me really badly uh but yeah, it's uh, I'm pretty impressed and it kind of makes me want to keep playing it to get better at it because the everything is so similar like I am like don't know what buttons to hit half the time. I'm like there's no cuz there's no tutorial. So it's yeah. just like yeah. go in and play and you're like cool, well you know I have to hit like four buttons to pass the way I want to. <laughs> so uh I, this isn't going to go really really well. But for being a mobile game, it's really really impressive because it it does really give you that feel of playing a console game on the go um so i was really impressed and i am planning to keep playing and maybe i'll even check out nba 2k uh on console and see if i can learn to not be so horrible at it because uh, right now i'm real bad like real real bad um but yeah so there you go uh that's what i've been playing mobily uh to build off that though i did like i said got a backbone one playstation edition i've been thinking about getting one for remote play for a while and when PlayStation last week announced that they, you know, had a officially licensed backbone, I said, let's do it. Let's jump in and kind of see how this is going to work. So I did jump in, um, played some time with the backbone. Um, and overall, it's good. Like, it, it works really, really well. Like, it fits my phone pretty decently. Um, the navigation of getting everything set up is a bit cumbersome, and there's kind of a lot to do there. And once you are, like, in playing remote play on your PS5, like... It's really annoying, like if you ever get like notifications or from on your phone or like leave and come back, like if you don't do it really, really quickly, like you have to like reconnect your PS5. And so it's it does get a little like 
I feel like you should only really do this if you're like, hey, I'm going to sit for the next 30 minutes and just do this. But then I'm like, well, why would I just go downstairs and play on my PS4? Right. Um, but maybe it's good. I only tried it at home. I haven't tried it like on from a, a really far away to see how well it works. But overall, it actually does work pretty well. Uh, I, I The game I played the most on it so far is Stray. And I think that this is the type of situation that a backbone is really meant for because build quality is good. The buttons overall feel good, but it is like a button for the triggers. It's not like a trigger trigger, you know, like has on the controllers and things like that. So it definitely feels different when you're playing it. So a game like stray where there isn't necessarily super intensive, um, a need to be super accurate with what you're doing. Um, (laughs) <laughs> talking about it more later i'll talk about fortnite more in a bit i did actually try playing fortnite on it uh that i will not do again <laughs> uh but playing a game like stray because there are frame drops occasionally but they're pretty minimal it doesn't happen often uh but it definitely is when you are streaming a game from your console to your phone that is then also playing a game on the internet yeah. um you know it just it's not 100 perfect all the time like it wasn't playing fortnite wasn't bad it's just it, it was a it was noticeable enough where I'm like, well, I guess if I loved Fortnite, maybe I would do this more. But for where I'm at, like I'd much rather play something like Stray, um, or even something like you know I think for Walking Sims, for you know visual novels, for any game where you don't necessarily have to have super super precise movement or or controls all the time. I think it works great. For those games that do have super precise movement requirements, I think it still works. Just that the backbone doesn't feel as good as a dual sense does. It just doesn't, you know. Sure. So it's doable, it was workable. It just isn't how I'd prefer to play any of those ones. So if you're interested in getting a backbone, um, I, I like I said, I, I think knowing what it does and and not into anticipating that it's going to completely revolutionize your gaming and everything is going to be like I'm only going to play on here now. Uh, it's not going to do that, but if you're looking for a really good option to be able to sneak in a few minutes of gaming um, at times where maybe you can't sit down in front of your console, if you're looking for a really good controller for mobile games, if you do play mobile games, um, I think it fits the bill really well. It's a little bit pricey at 100 bucks, but also not that much more than most other like kind of reputable um, mobile controllers are. So yeah, you know, and it charges from your phone, so having a phone that has a reasonable battery is going to be helpful um for if you have the newest iphones it does have an adapter that you need to be able to fit your phone in there because the camera is so chonky on the back of it um and the only annoyance is, is you i for me for the phone case i have which isn't even a really big phone case i do have to take my phone out of the case for it to work. yeah yeah um yeah. which makes sense i guess to a degree i just wish the connector was just a little bit longer so i didn't have to do that but i also get into the situation where it would probably get much more fragile um and easier to break off and things like that so i get why it's not that way but that's just the only annoying thing of like i am not someone who almost ever takes my phone out of its case um but anytime i want to use this i had to so so yeah, so that's the Backbone One PlayStation Edition. Overall, it's nice. It's nice to not have to like look down and be like, "Oh shoot, you're telling me button prompts that are different than the button prompts that I'm All used right. to looking for here right now." Um, I have not tried actual just straight up like cloud gaming with it yet. Um, I and I I was gonna go and play like Fortnite through like Xbox.com or something. Yeah, um, and yeah. I, I just haven't done that yet. Um, but I will I I will still try that to see how that goes. But um, overall, like I said, I think. 
it fits a niche, it fits a need. Um, there's always going to be games I'm going to want to play using it, but I'm not going to want to play every game with it, if that makes sense. So, cool. Uh, so with that, then, yeah, I uh, jump back into Fortnite. Uh, why? I don't know. I just was like, hey, I'm looking for something to play. My Overwatch group wasn't around. So I was like, well, we'll try to play Fortnite. I haven't played Fortnite in years. I mean, literally years since I have played Fortnite. Um, but I was like, hey, they have the no build mode now. I will jump in. We'll see how the snow build goes. Um, we'll see what happens. Josh. I have no idea what I'm doing in that game. Let me <laughs> it's tell you. changed I, so much. It's I, I am running around. I'm like, I don't know what any of these things do. I don't know what this thing does. So I like the first couple of games, I was just like dinking around, like trying things. Cause I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff does. Um, I'm like, I can fish. Why would I want to stop and fish in a game where people might shoot me? Like, it <laughs> seemed like a good idea. Yeah. Like, what do these things do if I break them? Oh, I break them. That gives me shield. It would be nice if that was told to me somehow, but it's not. So I guess I just start breaking things to see what happens. And, um, so yeah, with that being said, I, I have never been a huge fan of the way Fortnite feels for the shooting. And I'm still not like, it, it wasn't just me being like, Oh, it, it's not for me or I was off on it. Like, I just don't really like how the game feels when I'm shooting at someone and there's not, and maybe if I played a ton, the distinction between weapons would become more but greater like i'd much more easily recognize like yes i want this gun no i don't want that like i'm sure that would happen but even in the entire time i was playing and i probably played about 10 or 12 matches I, I never really found a gun that i was like i like this gun like that just never happened and um i would win some fights that i was like yep i feel like i should have won that one i would lose some fights that i was like i feel like i should have won that one and i would win some fights that i was like i should have lost that i have no idea how i won right um and that's always the hard thing of like it it just it, it's a cool world and that obviously the players who are playing it a ton are very expressive with how they play the game even. Um, but just when you are not that familiar with it, it is much harder, I feel like, to um feel I don't want to say welcome, because it's not that I felt unwelcome, but I, I just very much felt like I I drew, definitively stood out. As far as like this person has no clue what they're doing, and I didn't. I had no idea what was happening or going on. Uh, I did okay. It's not like I did horribly. So I'm like, this sucks because I did bad. Uh, I I just, yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna keep playing it for a while just to see. I, I do think though that a lot of it, what it comes down to, is for my competitive shooters. I think I just like first person better. Like I just, yeah, I don't know. Fortnite has just never quite hit with me, and, and even trying this now, I don't know if it is going to. But you know um horizon didn't hit for me right away either forza horizon didn't hit for me right at sure. the time either so maybe if i keep playing a little bit we'll see what happens there but what was the last time you played fortnite really? um well i tried it when they did the cloud uh servers yeah and then before that it was when aloy came to fortnite i played it for a good amount of time uh then but uh, it still has changed a bunch since I played then. So yeah, uh, it's fine. I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. Like, yeah. So I, I, I just, it's fine if someone's like, Hey, do you want to play Fortnite? I'm like, yeah, I'll play. 
that I think sums up pretty much how I feel too. Like I don't hate it. I don't really like it though either. I'm just yeah. I'm very indifferent to it, which makes me feel like I may be disconnected from like <laughs> what gaming is these days. No, um, no, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I, I want to do now here soon, we'll see when if this happens, is re-download Apex. Yeah. Um, and try playing Apex again because obviously when Apex came out, I played it a whole bunch, but I also haven't played that in years. Um, and I know that has changed also significantly with the number mm-hmm. of characters and the maps and all that good stuff, but. We'll see. I don't know. I just Fortnite wasn't quite hitting. And then the other game that I played, the final game that is on my list is the Tony Hawk one and two remastered um, because it was on PlayStation Plus. Uh, So downloaded that. And Josh, this is where my pregame question came from. Yeah. Playing this game because Josh, I don't know that I would have said that I was a great Tony Hawk player, but I think I would have said I was a good Tony Hawk player back (laughs) in the day. Yeah. I am not good at this game. Josh, I suck. Oh, I am so old now. <laughs> bad. Like, I am so bad at this game that I am now doubting my memories of how good I actually was back in the day. Like, am I was I nowhere near as good as I thought I was? Like, I felt like I was way, way, way better at this game back in the day yeah. than I am now. And it's kind of embarrassing how bad I am. Like, I oof doing just the warehouse and i was like oh i did the tutorial the tutorial was fine because i haven't played this game in a long time so we'll do the tutorial and then i jumped into the warehouse i'm like all right we're going into the warehouse this muscle memory is going to come back where all this stuff is located is going to come back how to hit these tricks is going to come back and it just didn't yeah i was falling all over the place and even when doing the spins like i couldn't like always figure out like okay once you get into more complicated spins i'm like I can't even tell like what hitting like what direction I need to be facing to hit the ramp correctly. And this was stuff that was just never a problem for me back in the day. So or I don't remember it being a problem. Maybe I was just really bad at it. I didn't think I was. I don't know, Josh. You just had more time to dedicate to one game. So you had Tony Hawk and you probably didn't have many other games. So you would just play it like that's what I did. Like, oh, I got Tony Hawk. I'm just playing it. And once my time's up, uh, I'm going to do the do it again and it's i think it's just the repetitiveness is that made you good at it not not now you're like or at least i'll speak for myself playing tony Hawk. i'm like okay i played it now what else can i play i have a, a bunch of other games that i could play because it isn't hitting for me the way i remember it hitting but i was also like do i really want do i really have the time to keep trying this when I could be watching something or doing something or playing a different game, I just think that for me, at least, I know what you're, I feel like I know what you're saying, but I just don't know that with any games, really, it's like the Game Pass effect, right? You play it for an hour, and if it doesn't grab you enough, then you move on. And I think that's just a sign of the times more than anything else. Well, and because I almost deleted it. Like the right after I've stopped playing it, but I was like, no, I'm gonna leave it on there because, like, this was a cultural touchstone, right? Like, Tony Hawk was such a big; they were such big games, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just after playing them, and I had honestly like him and Hod about buying the remaster over the last few months because it's gone on sale so many times. Yeah, recently. same. So I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I'll pick this up. I like, I love these games back in the day. You know, maybe I'll do that. And now I'm really glad I didn't. Because, yeah, I just, 
I played it and I played it and I played it and then I looked at it and was like, I'm not really having any fun. I'm not really good at this. I have no desire to get better at it right now. Yeah. And I felt like something was wrong with me. Like I was like how I am, you know, disrespecting like gaming history here. Because like listening to you know, people reviews of the games and people talk about like when it came out about like being so um, profound about like this was the Tony Hawk that Tony Hawk Five was supposed to be like these remasters like recapture the magic they're everything I wanted them to be and like people were just so effusive with their praise for this game that I was like all right this is gonna be awesome I'm gonna jump back in it's gonna be like a bike I'm gonna just you know those training wheels might be there needed for a second but I'm gonna grab this no problem. And I just, I, I can't. And the biggest reason why I hate feeling this way about it is like, and not that EA is going to do this because EA is never going to do this, but like if they were to like remaster SSX Tricky yeah. and then suddenly I sucked at it, I would be heartbroken. I would be so sad because I remember just like, I remembered being really good at Tony Hawk. I remember being really good at Tricky. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I was just really bad the whole time, but I had no one to play against or with really. Like I played with some people, but not like, the internet was not what it is today. Yeah. So maybe I just was really bad at these things and I just don't know because I was too dumb to know any better. Uh, I think you're being hard on yourself. You play Tony Hawk without playing it against other people. It's just different. Yeah. But I could like, I remember being able to beat all the challenges though. And now like it's like get to a score of a hundred thousand. I'm like, really? Can I get to a score of a hundred thousand in two minutes? I don't know if I can. Right. So yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. It's still on my hard drive. Uh, it might be leaving my hard drive. It It is. I was really surprised. I did not expect to be so indifferent about it after I played it. I thought yeah. I was going to be like, yes, this is amazing. And I was just like, I really the only reason I didn't delete it is because like I used to love this game. How could I possibly not like it anymore? Like that can't be possible. And right now I'm really on the fence about liking it at all, to be honest. So. Anyway, so there's the happy <laughs> note. That's what I have been playing. So, uh, listeners, if you have, uh, you know, been playing that Tony Hawk remaster, I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Because am I alone? Am I just so much bad at, so much worse <laughs> at video games now? Like, I know I'm worse at video games than I used to be. I just, man, there are times when I think about um, back, even it wasn't even that long ago, I guess like a decade ago. 12 years ago like that ballpark when i played a lot of first person shooters like when all i played was like modern warfare and halo 3 yeah i'm not saying like i was like really really good but like i didn't lose very often you know like when i play I was playing online and all and in lobbies like very very rarely did i get rolled or if we did lose it almost was like always like a really close game yeah. like we didn't i didn't lose that often and now it's been a hard pill to swallow realizing, man, I'm really just not good at games anymore. But anyway, <laughs> with that, topics of the show, Josh, what is your first topic this week? Well, exciting news for me is we have an official expansion to Betrayal at House on the Hill 3rd edition. So this will be um, updated to match the current new, well, new-ish art and pieces. Um, and it is called Blood of the Moon on the Moon, Blood on the Moon, the Werewolf's Journey. Uh, 
which will be adding to Betrayal at House in the Hill. It is set to come out later this year. Obviously, this news came during Gen Con, which is just wrapping up um, from Avalon Hill, of course. Uh, it's funny because they comment that it isn't even uh, hasn't even fully been released everywhere yet, which is funny because it says it's not coming to the U.S. until sometime this month. But I have had it yeah. for a month. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Werewolf's Journey is going to add uh, broaden the roster of characters players can choose uh, by two uh, one one or two characters one character. Um. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, named Sarah, who is a teenager with a dreadful secret that comes out when the haunt phase begins. She's a teen wolf. That <laughs> is her secret. Uh, the press release specifically characterizes her lycanthropic other half as feral, uh, which may denote a slight loss of control in the light of full moon. This is coming from Dicebreaker.com. Uh, this is going to make the haunts... Uh, that situate wait this will obviously make haunts that situate sarah as a villain much more difficult but she may bring some useful abilities when she's on the surviving team uh it has a pretty cool uh design for the box art uh full size well not full size box but like a villainous size expansion box and it comes with two miniatures that uh, will match the quality of the third edition characters as well, plus new room tiles, uh, additional cars, and a custom scenario, plus five new haunts designed around Sarah and her curse. Uh, so, yeah, we get an expansion to one of my favorite games, so I'm pretty excited uh, for A Werewolf's Journey. So, this box art, Josh. Yeah. When I saw this box art, you know what it immediately it made me think of? Castlevania? No, but that's no. a good one, too. I was like, you know, this looks like what they would use as, like, the custom logo for some small brewery's yearly oh. Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like, what it looks like to me. They'd be like, okay, this year for our Russian Imperial Stout, this is going to, like, you know, this is going to be the the BA um, bottle art that we're going to do. Yeah. I think that's totally what it looks like to me, which is not a knock. I think that's awesome. But It also looks like all of the Barnes & Noble, like, collector's books of, like, oh, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe and yeah. all that stuff, like the glossy top and fancy swirls to make it look more appealing that it really is behind the cover <laughs> so what do you think of the name of this expansion uh, it's fine uh you know what i don't like while i'm excited to have an expansion to the game it seems too character centric versus the uh, like the playing the regular game as you have all these characters they're right. individual but they're also not necessarily unique in a way, so this feels like it's maybe too centric on this character, and um, you know, if you don't like, if you would you want to play the expansion and not use the character every time? Yeah. And and do you miss out like by not picking that character but throwing the expansion game like 
cards into the game. So that could be like a weird, like an interesting thing. Like if her items or omens are specific to her, but you don't play as her, that could be a bummer. Yeah. Uh, so when I heard the name when I, or when I read the name, I, I feel like the name is telling me two different things. Because you have Betrayal, the werewolf's journey. I'm like, okay, werewolves in Betrayal. That seems cool. But then it's blood on the moon. Right. So I was like, wait, are we going, are werewolves (laughs) taking us to space? No, we're not fast and furious in it. (laughs) Right. I I was really confused. And I guess I get like on the rise of the moon. Like like I get that, I guess. But I I think the fact that they called it blood on the moon is really confusing. Because generally to me, Makes it feel like, hey, we're going to take Betrayal to space. That's right. what it feels like to me, which kind of would be cool, right? If all of a sudden you went through this portal in the no. house and then you were in space. <laughs> no. And then you couldn't go outside because until you got back through the portal, like that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I think that might be neat as someone who's never played Betrayal. Sure. Uh, maybe in a different, not, I don't know. I can't agree with you on that, but maybe in like a Mansions of Madness or something where it's an illusion, but. Okay, yeah. that would make sense more. Uh, so here's my other question for you, Josh, because I know you're a huge fan of Betrayal. Yeah. How often do you actually get to play this game? I mean, it's three to six players, so you can guess. <laughs> right, because like I was like, that three-player thing, and that's part of the reason I've never purchased this game, is because I'm just like, that three-player thing, Yeah. and obviously this game would not work at two. I'm not saying that it should be a two-player game. It would not work even, at two. Or that they should even try to create like a, a automaton-type like player that just goes through the motions, because then yeah. that not saying it should be that at all i just man we played it a lot um when it came out because that's when we had our regular group of you know four or more people playing right um so i played it enough to know how much i like it and i really just want to play it more but now with like gloomhaven and pathfinder those things take up a lot of just regular free board game time so right uh, it is tough to 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 do that, but I hope well, to get the third edition to the table soon. Spooky month isn't that far around the corner. Maybe y'all can yeah take a break for Spooky month and it's uh, coming up soon and play some Betrayal. So, man, I I do really want to play that game. I just I just wish you know? yeah. Uh, what would be you know this is the first expansion for the third edition. Yeah, yeah. Are there other things that you're hoping get incorporated in the third edition that are available in the first two that aren't available in the third? I don't even know if there are. Um, or is there some other direction you'd like to see Betrayal go in the future? I mean, yeah, they could definitely... I wouldn't mind seeing a like full-on just sequel that changes up the environment. Maybe it's not a house anymore and it's... Um, you could do something sci-fi or, uh, you could do a boat. You could go like the dark pictures way and do like betrayal at like the USS whatever, or something like that. Well, if this was in the video game world, it would be at a, on a space station. Yeah. It could be on a space station as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that would work. Yeah. Every video game is going to space apparently here moving forward. Oh yeah. This year. Yeah. And that's, so. that's the next year. Yeah, but I think that's actually just from what I know of it. It does seem like it actually would work on a space station really sure. well. Yeah, it would. I think so. All right, Josh. So for my first topic, uh, it is one of our favorite things to do. It's looked at, at the, some of the hottest selling board games for spring mm. 2022. 
Um, so they ha- how the lists that are created have changed slightly. Uh, and I have to, would have to pay to see all of them, which I'm not going to do. So <clears throat> we're going to be a little more limited here on all the ones we're going to talk about. But we're going to start with Josh. Uh, the top 10 hobby channel board games for spring 2022. Um, so hobby channel obviously being like friendly local game stores. So really not looking at mass market games. Not that some of these games might not be available at mass market stores, but really looking more specifically um, at, again, those friendly local game stores or other retailers that focus on board games and books and things like that. Um, these sales are January to April. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, so I have a list here, Josh, of the top 10. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a, a stab at uh, what games you think might be in the top 10 hobby channel board games for spring 2022? What I will say is there are less quote-unquote uh, there are less games on here well maybe that's not true either i was gonna say that i felt like there was less games you'd find at actually like a target or a walmart yeah and i don't know that that's totally true um there's a healthy mix but uh there are very very few games that i would call a gateway game okay on here or something like that so so with that, Josh, any stabs? What do you think might be what have been the hot games of the early this year? I, you know, I feel so out of touch with games right now, but I'm going to I guess if I'm if I'm going to guess uh, Wingspan, I feel oh, like it has to be on there. Josh, if this was Family Feud, you would just pick the number one answer. Okay, good. Wingspan so then I can the- stop. <laughs> Wingspan was the number one selling hobby channel board game for spring. Um, so it, continuing its rousing success, that game, um, Elizabeth Hargrave just announced her newest game. Yeah. Um, coming out here, I think maybe going to Kickstarter. I don't even remember. There was so much news coming out of Gen Con. I can't even remember totally, but uh, it's about foxes. So that's fun. Yeah. So yes, Josh, Wingspan number one. You're doing great. Do you want to try a couple more? Let's go with Terraforming Mars. Mm, unfortunately, Terraforming Mars is not on the list. I will say there is there are a maybe two games on this list that i would call quote unquote heavy yeah um but most of these games are um lighter in nature mm, well i'm not going to say root, i'm not going to say root then <laughs> you're correct the root has historically been on this list root is not on the list yeah um maybe uh cascadia does that make the list you know what cascadia is not on here but i think that's a great pick and i'm shocked that it's not and i'm wondering if maybe it just sold out at the end of last year right and they just didn't have it restocked because i thought cascadia would for sure be on here especially now that it won the spill the crs moving forward i think we'll see it more often but i thought for sure cascadia would be on this list so that's i think is a great guess what about one of the eight different dune games did any of those make the list? Josh, there are two Dune hey. games on the list. Uh, just Dune is number yeah. nine, and Dune Imperium is number four. Sure, sure. Any other games you want to take a, a stab at, or just want me to go through them with you? You can go through them. I think I'll, I'll be just be shooting in the dark at this point. That's okay. I, I honestly think I'm really shocked. I thought Cascadia was a great pick. I thought for sure it'd be on here. Um, Number 10, and all these games are, I think when you say you're, I say them, you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. Number 10 yeah. is Lost Ruins of Arnak. Okay, yeah, yeah. Number 9, again, is Dune, the Gale Force 9 Dune game. Uh, number 8, a game I'm kind of surprised by because I thought it was harder to find than this, but number 8 is Sleeping Gods. Okay. 
which again, I thought that game was a little more tough to track down. So I'm kind of surprised it made the top 10. Uh, number seven is Isle of Cats. Yeah, that makes sense. So again, a game that can be found outside of that hobby market. Uh, number six, Azul. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and then number five, Catan. So that definitely being the one like real hold on of of kind of the entry level game. Yeah. But I think Azul is as well. Um, also, the kind of two Isle of Cats you can find at Big Box, but Catan and Azul definitely be the, the two biggest that you can find at Big Box. Yeah. Uh, number four, Dune Imperium, as we said. Number three, Ark Nova. Wow, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was surprised to see that game. I mean, it obviously has a lot of hype. Just not readily hobby. available in a lot of but places. Yeah, it's exactly. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, number two, another surprise, Hero Quest. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I'm guessing that must mean that their pre-order must have gone shipped. Sure. Is, is probably what happened there. And then number one is Wingspan. So, nailed that. So, those are the top ten board games, Josh. What about then the ho- top ten card slash dice games um important thing to remember with these we are not talking about ccgs or tcgs um though um oh living card games uh technically would fit in here yeah um and i will say there are definitely more um mainstream games or big box store games in this in this grouping sure uh, but josh top 10 card slash dice games want to take a stab at any here i gotta imagine that uh code names is still on there code names is number four that game man feels like that game has been on here forever <laughs> forever yes uh, uh exploding kittens still on that list Exploding Kittens is not on the list, but I think it is a very good guess. I'm just trying to think of target section card games. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a, a big old blank. Uh, uh, Ganshan Clever or So Clover? No, unfortunately, no. no. Oh. I don't know. I think I, I have no clue. Okay, so a lot of games on here are games that are have been out for a really long time, and some of them are game series, and one of them, there's a spelling error in the game. So I'll tell you what it, they oh typed, and I'll tell you what <laughs> it was. So number 10 is a game that I think is definitely a definitely a card game, but I struggle with them putting it in the card game section because I, I don't totally... But number 10 is Clank. Really? Okay. Yeah, I... <sighs> Because there is a huge board for that game, so like, yeah. But anyway, that's fine. So number ten is Clank. Uh, number nine is Bang. Okay, wow, that's still on the list, huh? Yep. Number eight, uh, a, a steadfast one that's been on the list for a long time. You'll find it basically every store in the world. Uno. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Exit, but like the Exit, like the Serious. the Exit games. Yeah. So that seems a little unfair. Uh, number six is Red Dragon Inn. Oh, really? Yeah, which okay. again seems kind of there's odd like eight of them. I know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, number five, uh, how they wrote it is a March Champions LCG, which I th- assume is Marvel Champions Marvel LCG. Champions, yeah. So, uh, number four then is code names. Number three is Coup. Okay. Number two, a game that we talk about pretty regularly on this podcast, and I'll be honest. I had no idea this game was doing this well still to this day. 
Marvel Legendary. Oh, okay. With number one then being a game that uh, also has, could have been on this list forever and apparently probably has been. Number one, Dominion. Oh, I feel like that always pops up on these lists and we never remember it. I know, because I, I think maybe we have just moved on more from Dominion to Marvel Legendary than everyone else has, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Legendary still has, you know, a gazillion expansions to it. So I guess yeah, they I'm just not... released a new one. I know. That, yeah. So, <laughs> so, there, so there, that's where we're at. But those are the top 10 hobby channel card and dice games and the top 10 board games. Uh, anything super surprising to you? Anything that jumped out that you were not expecting? No, I think Dominion always surprises me, but it shouldn't because I should just remember that it's going to be on these lists always. Yeah. So they did have, well, and they did have Dominion Allies released in March. So that's yeah. kind of, I think, drove that. And then, as you said, uh, Marvel Legendary had uh, Marvel Legendary Doctor Strange and the Shadows of Nightmare. I think it was what the expansion was okay. called. Okay. Um, so that was like their uh, new one that kind of came in there, too. So. Yeah, I just I'm always shocked though that Marvel Legendary just sticking up there, people still going out and picking up that game apparently. So, goodness gracious! Oh, and uh, Josh, uh, breaking news: uh, Pandasaurus goes exclusive with Asmodee for their distribution oh, in the U.S. Great. There you go. Sorry, it was just on <laughs> another one bites the dust. It was on. Well, it's just for distribution. <laughs> no, it's not, I, I not owned by. But cool. So there you go. Those are the top, the best-selling games of early 2022 in the board and card game area. Uh, Josh, what's your next story or what's your next topic? Well, you mentioned it earlier. Look at uh, that. Elizabeth uh, Hargrave's new game is called The Fox Experiment. And it is about domesticated foxes. Um, it's going to, this is also from Dicebreaker. So The Fox Experiment sees players attempting to domesticate foxes in tabletop title inspired by real life events. Uh, the board game is based on uh, the Baliave Tret experiment that took place in Siberia, where a group of scientists began to try to domesticate wild foxes by having them interact with humans uh, before selecting those that responded more positively for breeding. And with each new generation of foxes, the scientists had selected the most domesticated pups for future breeding with the goal of eventually breeding foxes that could be introduced into people's homes in the same way dogs, cats, and other domesticated animals were. Um, in the game, players perform a similar experiment by having certain foxes from the available pool be bred with one another in order to make pups. Throughout the game, players choose from pairs of fox parents before rolling their respective dice in order to successfully breed pups. Should those foxes become parents in the next round, players will then continue to perform their experiments in the hopes of res uh, with the hopes of resulting in useful data uh, to please their patrons and possibly win them the game. So there you go. That is the Fox experiment coming out soon. Has a smaller, well, it looks like a small board. Definitely not the size of Wingspan, where each player has their own little, uh, almost like townish type of board. And yeah foxes you play uh to the left of your board uh it seems interesting uh uh I, once again very unique attempt like uh approach at a board game and uh i hope 
it is a successful uh, launch, which is Kickstarter on September 6th, where you can pledge to this game. I'm sure there'll be a really nice deluxe edition or something as well. But uh, I'm excited. I still have my Reposas. I haven't played it yet. Um, as like it is with every board game I have. But, uh, you know, I'm so much a fan of Wingspan that I can't see myself not liking a game that she designs. And Mary Postas was met pretty well um, critically, so I'm sure it is also good. What about you? You're interested in domesticating some foxes? Well, I, I mean, I'm not interested in domesticating foxes, <laughs> but I'm interested in playing a board game about people trying to domesticate foxes. Uh, what do you think the chances are, Josh? I know you said that, obviously, you're a huge fan of Wingspan and you haven't played Mary Postas yet, which I really enjoyed. I thought Mary Postas was pretty darn good, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is this like a guarantee back for you or where does this sit as far as your Kickstarter activities go? Yeah, I'll back it. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, 90% sure. It really just depends on financially at the time <laughs> what things are like. Yeah, no, I hear you there. And my, or if this game is $100, I might not back it on Kickstarter. I might wait for a retail release. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that expensive. It looks right. like it's nice, but not like that nice, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and, you know, her working with Pandasaurus now, it's kind of nice that, you know, Elizabeth Hargrave has been able to find, you know, multiple stakeholders who um, want to support her and her games and all that. Because, yeah. you know, she had still admire for wingspan and then i think it was aeg for Mary aeg for mariposas yeah. so you know being able to kind of spread the wealth there and get you know people to be able to get good games from her and her be able to get good support and partners from others like is always kind of nice so this will definitely be high on my list of games to uh, consider backing at least i think like you said a lot of it will definitely be based on price but i i, I just don't think this is gonna be a super super expensive game but maybe yeah. i'm wrong what is really messing me up, Josh, is this might be one of the first times I've ever looked for a game and it doesn't have a board game geek page. Oh, uh, it's I mean it's new new, so Yeah, but other games that were like literally like um Arc Nova has like a two player expansion map that's only being sold at Gen Con right now that has like a, a board game geek page. Like yeah. <laughs> usually they get there they happen real, real quick. So I'm just kind of surprised that it's not it doesn't have one yet. So let me see. I'm in the Gen Con preview. Maybe I can find the Pandasaurus section here and see if it's in there. Yeah, it's. I actually was just looking at that. It's not at all. It. Yeah. So that's what's really surprising that not there in any way, shape, or form, which is pretty unusual. Usually that stuff is uh, pretty darn quick that it gets on Board Game Geek. So yeah. Um. So yeah, but no, this will definitely be something I'm checking out. I I think that obviously I I really like Elizabeth Hargraves games. So yeah, we'll be checking that out. Anything else uh, about the Fox Experiment, Josh? No. Okay. Well, I feel like that game's going to make me sad, but, you know, we'll see what happens. (laughs) So, all right, Josh. So, for my final topic, Josh, can you think about, can you think of anything, something, anything uh, that you would spend $68 billion on, but then say that it doesn't have any must have games? No, that seems silly. So, uh, as you all may know, listeners, uh, Microsoft is now going through and having to go through the process of defending their acquisition of um, uh, Microsoft of Blizzard, Activision Blizzard. Did I say all of that wrong? Anyway, Microsoft <laughs> having to defend their acquisition of Activision Blizzard, um, 
through different regulatory bodies like across the across the world right since these companies um sell games all across the world it's not just like the u.s who has to approve this this does have to go through regulation kind of everywhere um and and as a result of that we're starting to get see some um documents coming forth and some information coming forth that has been shared with these regulatory bodies when it comes to whether they should or should not approve um this acquisition or, or or all that good stuff um this is from the folks over at games radar um Microsoft, the defense Activision Blizzard deal by saying the studio doesn't ha- make must-have games. Microsoft is defending its $68 billion bid to buy Activision Blizzard by arguing that the studio doesn't make any must-have games. In response to the New Zealand Commerce Commission, um, thanks from RPS, when I'm assuming that's Rock, rock Paper Shotgun, uh, Microsoft brushed off anti-competition concerns by saying essentially that Activision Blizzard doesn't have any killer apps that might prevent competition from the company's rivals. Quote, Specifically with respect to Activision Blizzard video games, there is nothing unique about the video games developed and published by Activision Blizzard that is a must-have for rival PC and console video game distributors that could give rise to a foreclosure concern, reads Microsoft's response. Josh. (laughs) Now, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the response from PlayStation in a bit here. Yeah. What is your initial reaction when Microsoft says, hey, yeah, we're buying this thing for $68 billion. Yeah. But it doesn't have anything like that's must have. Right. It's like, I feel like it's like uh, you're selling someone, you, you go into like a like an old used bookstore and you find like the Gutenberg Bible and you're like, is it called the Gutenberg Bible? It's not the Gutenberg, right? That's Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> What's it called? Well, a really I mean, famous, expensive. Is it the Gutenberg Bible? Yeah, the Gutenberg Bible. Yes. Okay, so it's like finding that press, and, yeah. and like putting a book cover over it and bringing it to the register, being like, uh, "Yes, I'll take this plain, boring book for a dollar, please." And they're <laughs> like, oh, "I think that might be worth more than that." And you're like, "No, no, I'm pretty sure it's only worth a dollar. Please don't investigate it anymore." Uh, it's really like it's also a funny nag on Activision Blizzard. They're like Microsoft's like, we want to buy you, but you guys really you guys suck at what you do, <laughs> and everything you do is not remarkable uh, in the market. Like we're just going to ignore the fact that you have like Overwatch and Diablo and right. Call of Duty. Like they're not unique because there's you know. Um, um, uh, Battlefield. Uh, <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Like right. it's really fun. It's a really funny statement that really comes across as Microsoft trying to like push this through quicker. Like just push it forward. Nothing to see here. <laughs> well, that's my biggest thing with it is that obviously Microsoft is saying this because they're trying to get through without any issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. To me, this just shows like how pointless basically like any of these regulatory hearings even are. Like Really, you're going to allow a company to come in and say, hey, we're spending almost $70 billion on something that doesn't really have anything that's important. Right. Really? Right. Like, like, we all know, like, the fact that they have to do this dog and pony show to get it approved when they just can't come in and be like, hey, we think they, we really want them in our catalog. We want to add their games to our Game Pass service. Yeah. We think it's fine that other other companies are going to be able to compete fine if we do that. That's really what they're just trying to say. But yeah. instead they have to be like, nah, yo, none of these things are important. 
Like right. they're all the, bit, the largest selling franchise over the last decade. That is like the largest sell, sells the most games every single year, and usually has two of the top three games every year because of the rollover from the one the year before. Yeah, yeah not a big deal. Like, what are we even doing? <laughs> like, yeah, it is really weird. It's a really weird statement, and it is a very weird process that they have to go through just to to acquire. I don't even think we didn't re- we didn't hear uh, about it this much when it was with Bethesda. So I don't understand why the drag out with Activision Blizzard. Well, I think part of the part of the drag out is because it is ten times the amount of money. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously, the is, money is a big part of it. Yeah. And it is, you know, act for you know Bethesda. Like, love them all you might, but like, other than Skyrim, like, what game do they have that has sold anywhere in the ballpark of what Call of Duty sells? Right. You know, like, I'm not saying their games are worse as a result of that. Just saying, from a competition standpoint, right? Like, it's going to be very different. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So with that saying, um, you know, Microsoft being like, yeah, we're buying this company who doesn't make anything important. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation begs to differ. Uh, this is compiled by Kotaku. Um, they say, as reported by VGC and users on Reset Era, Sony's response to questions from the Brazilian government, so obviously a different country now, about the Microsoft Activision deal were published online, and it shows that PlayStation company believes Call of Duty is an essential AAA game, one that could help sell more consoles for whoever controls it. Um, and then this is specifically from PlayStation's statement. According to a 2019 study, the importance of Call of Duty to entertainment is, in general is indescribable. The brand has only has the only video game IP to break into the top 10 of all entertainment brands among fans, joining the powerhouses such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. Call of Duty is so popular that it influences users' choice of console, and its community of loyal users is entrenched even entrenched enough that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product it would not be able to rival it so josh if you are playstation we yeah. talked about how you know microsoft is going through the the dog and pony show to get it approved playstation obviously has a vested interest in keeping call of duty on their platform but here's my question for you. They also are doing their own dog and pony show to try to keep Call of Duty on their platform. Yeah. Do you do, do you believe their statement that at this time with even if you said endless money and people that you could not develop a game to rival Call of Duty? No, I, you know, I don't believe that. I understand what they're saying by the the statement that it's entrenched in the essentially the zeitgeist of gaming but i don't think that's true i mean battlefield besides this last battlefield has been pretty competitive with call of duty um and with games like call of duty's really moved to warzone right like it's that's what's big with call of duty now is it's war well it's not the only thing but like I, I think it's very possible to develop a game that is competitive with Call of Duty. In fact, we're just getting remakes of Call of Duty now because they're kind of out of story ideas, uh, or so it might seem. But really, they just focus on multiplayer anyways. Right? Campaign, I think, is a, is still important to Call of Duty's brand, but it's not their bread and butter. Like People get Call of Duty and never touch the campaign. It's all right. multiplayer. So, yeah, I, it, there's definitely a world where 
a Titanfall 3 or a Battlefield could certainly rival a Call of Duty. But isn't but isn't Titanfall like the perfect example of why you can't? Because if you think about Titanfall 2, right? Yeah. Arguably, if you talk to most people, I shouldn't say most, a lot of people, maybe most people, maybe a majority, the campaign was better than anything Call of Duty's ever done. The yeah. multiplayer is better than one, and it still couldn't do crud against Call of Duty. Yeah, and I, I agree with you to a point. It's not like everyone should just give up and stop trying to make a game that competes with Call of Duty, though. Because that's not how com- competition works. <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, we're just never going to play them because they're too good. So then you have a team that never plays because no one wants to play them. Like, <laughs> it has to be a competition. And I don't know if, like, people who are developing multiplayer shooters should be building these games with the idea of overthrowing Call of Duty. Whether they can do it or not, that should be their shooting for their stars thing. And that and that's mm. a good spot for Call of Duty to be in. But I think it's it just seems why why would you say that no one would ever be able to rival it? That's just I think that that's a closed minded statement. Um as of last August, so we don't know about last year's games. Yeah. Um, Call of Duty had outsold the the Call of Duty franchise has outsold the Battlefield franchise by 310 million copies. Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't disagree with that. I just think that I don't know. Call of Duty is the most successful mag game that has ever been made, I guess, because <laughs> it's not well, even great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, and I think what PlayStation's point is like theoretically. Could someone potentially invest enough to make a game to rival Call of Duty? Potentially, but who has enough money and people to do that? Right. And I think that's the bigger question, right? Like, Activision has invested so much money and people. Like, it is like up to this acquisition period, any non Blizzard studio basically at this point now is only making Call of Duty. Yeah. There are more developers in the world working on Call of Duty than any other franchise. Like, so how. Like, who has enough money to compete with that? Well, Microsoft, the people buying them do. Yeah. Maybe EA does. But obviously, Battlefield has shown that they can't compete with them. Right. You know, PlayStation, like, for however much money they invest in games, like, they're still, like, their studio structure, they still have way fewer actual, like, developers than most other, like, than, you know, even uh, Ubisoft does. You know, so, like... I do think it would be very, very, I think whenever something beats Call of Duty, which I think will eventually happen, I think it's going to be because Call of Duty collapses, not because something else does better. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know what they do so much better. I think that they're right. They just have that entrenched player base. See, I would disagree. I, I would say that the feeling of shooting in Call of Duty is rivaled potentially only by the shooting in destiny right like it feel playing a call of duty game especially multiplayer feels really good yeah like when i talked about how like i don't like the feel of Fortnite. granted it's first person versus third person i love how call of duty feels yeah 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 you know? I, yeah yeah and there's a lot of people that agree with you 
so so i don't think i do think that you know what playstation is saying is them looking out for their best best vested interest of like hey like we want to ensure we get this um keep this game on our platform so i do think that there is um, some quote-unquote dog and pony show going on there of them just being like we just don't want to lose this thing yeah but i don't think that they are completely out of line saying that we don't really no one has the resources to create what call of duty has created yeah like i i don't think that's wholly inaccurate like i think it would be because everyone who's tried to has failed now doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone somebody won't be able to do it in the future but no one has been able to do it thus far even when you have a game like titanfall 2 that was right better it seems on every front still could not dethrone what call of duty was doing so but that's just sure. my thought i don't know we'll sure. see i just i just think it's hilarious that you're making companies come out and be like yeah we're spending 70 billion dollars on a company that doesn't make anything important like what are we even doing like come on uh, anyway <laughs> well what is important when it comes down to it well 70 billion dollars is pretty important i think to most sure people. yeah so uh, awesome. Okay. Josh, any questions this week? Any emails? Anything from the listeners? No, no. I got a cat in a bag, but it's not supposed to be in. That's fun. Oh, is that like a, a new like DLC for something? Cat no, it bag. could be a cat in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was that game at the Cat in a Box. Gen Con, Cat in a Box. Yeah. Yeah. Cat in a Box. Now we just <laughs> the, the expansion, Cat in a Bag. Cat's so. back in the bag. <laughs> took her out she's back in all right well we'll move to the show up obviously we're a gaming podcast but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life josh what is your recommendation for everyone this week i was gonna list a whole bunch of things but i was like eh, i don't need to cheat i'll save some for next week so mm. i'm gonna go and say uh nope nope is my recommendation i saw nope in theaters uh all by myself uh because that's how, how life it? is now. It was very good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, very interesting take on a classic uh, theme. Mm-hmm. I would say if people are on the fence, uh, it is certainly more science fiction than it is horror. But there are yeah. a couple jump scares. Not very, just maybe two, I think. Um, but I really liked the story it was telling. I liked his take on the story. I, I, def, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, and the acting is just fantastic. Great acting, uh, and very impressive cinematography. Just, uh, they really, he really does a great job at painting this picture throughout the movie that, uh, it's like, what's the word I want to use? It's like, um, being like awestruck you're not worried about being scared you're just actually like genuinely like want to see what's happening and just as you're watching it it's just very fascinating um and then the twist happens (laughs) and then the movie picks up speed from the twist gotcha so you're saying Yep. To not, nope. You're not saying nope. You're <laughs> saying yep to nope. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, have you seen um, all of uh, why am why am I have Josh? My brain is struggling tonight. Have you seen um, all of Jordan Peele's other movies? 
I, I yes, you know. I have seen us and get out. Yes. Gotcha. Where in ranking his three movies, how would you rank his three movies? It's better than us. It's not okay. as good as get out, but it's definitely, it's a whole different genre. genre so it's yeah. hard to, um, compare the two, but, um, it has almost like a J.J. Abrams feel to it, which I really liked about that. Mm. It has some some things that it doesn't explain, which leaves you wondering, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, and it's it kind of has a like a Close Encounters of the Third Kind feeling gotcha. to it as well. Um, uh, but yeah, second second in his three in his three uh, pictures for me. Um. Did you? Maybe they talk about this in the movie. I don't even know. Uh, did you know that Nope is an acronym? Yes, I did know that. Oh, okay. I did. I I knew that too, and I haven't even seen the movie. But anyway, <laughs> so cool. That's Nope, which I do really want to see. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I'll eventually see it. Yeah, uh, that's Nope. All right. My recommendation this week, Josh. Remind me, have you recommended this already? I have not. Oh, have, have you not. watched this? I have not. It is on my list of things to watch. Okay. So uh, my recommendation this week is the show Players on Paramount Plus. Um, Players is a uh, mocu series. I don't know if that's what the official like thing to call it would be. Mockumentary. It is, it is a take on a docu series. It's by the same group of people who did um, American Vandal on Netflix. So it is them. But now they are following a League of Legends team looking to win its first championship. Um, so it is done in that mockumentary style where it has, you know, it's following these players and it, you know, does like, hey, here's where we're at today. Then it flashes back to five years ago and then comes back and forward. Um, you know, I was I had seen this show and I was a little not certain if I should check it out or not, because Traditionally, things related to video games as a whole um, don't tend to understand games appropriately. And yeah. e- and even when they try to make fun of them, it's like making fun of the people who play games, not necessarily making fun of the game or something like that. Um, but this show, I'm going to go ahead and say that Players is the best non-video game thing about video games period yeah it is great it is really really well done there is i think a very small amount of ribbing esports pros of like kind of making fun of them yeah but it's very minimal and and i think it's done in a way that shows it is done in a way by people in the show who don't understand so it's not like the show is making fun of them. It is the people, since it's a documentary, theoretically, right? Yeah. It is the people within the documentary who don't understand who are making fun of them. But then after time, once you're going through this docuseries, you begin to learn and realize and appreciate much more about what it is. Uh, what is kind of cool about it is that they are following League of Legends. Um, there's actual League of Legends like gameplay in it. There's other professional League of Legends team names that are in it. Um, the, the team that they're for is not a real team. But, like, they talk about, like, Cloud9 and TSM and, like, all the other, like, actual legit League of Legends teams. Um, 
and it is a really nice mix of both like understanding like the competitive nature of like what it becomes to be like really proficient in esports uh, but also understanding like that the old man um is a 27 year old veteran on the team yeah <laughs> you know like and he's like oh is this my last season or not you know um it's just really good and it doesn't explain league like at all like if you don't know like too bad it just uses terminal it uses the actual terminology it talks about it in a way that it's like if you don't understand it doesn't care that you don't yeah there's some like general basic things that they'll refer to later but like it really just is kind of progressing and the thing i don't know how these people do this like the people who created this show and who did Amer- the american vandal stuff like i i am shocked at their ability to get people to like how they act like in just the interviews and then like i it really they really have something special in the way that they do this like it feels so genuine like while you're watching it like and i care i have grown to like you grow to care about these people and you and about how they're doing and the journey that they're on and you're like why is this person being such a jerk and why won't this person listen and like you get invested in this fake story that is trying to be a real uh, it's just ridiculous i don't know they're so talented at doing this i don't know how they're able to do it it is just gosh darn impressive but players paramount plus i think the whole first season is done um so if you haven't gotten i don't know if they're still offering a free 30 days uh, if you're part of xbox um game pass but they were if not i'm sure you can find a free week of it somewhere that almost always is pretty universal um, I think it's easy worth it. It's honestly one of my favorite shows of the year. Huh. I've watched some banger shows as of late. Um, and it, for me, it is right up there. It, it nice. is a really, really good show. And I think even if you don't like video games, I think you could still really like this show. Yeah. Um, if you like documentaries, I think it's what you're going to like it. So that's players on Paramount Plus. Check it out. It's real, real good. Nice. So with that, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. And we tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well at all of our social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, etc. at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. 
Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost.